Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 91 of the podcast tonight, kicking off 21 here. We've already had a lot of shit go down this year, so I'm, I'm here to be a little bit of positivity here. We're talking creative living full-time, artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, small businesses, and just living a life doing what you want to do here. Tonight, Kind of getting back into the swing of things. Like the last episode was a was like a live clip, like very untamed from a live stream that I was on recently. And the one before that was kind of like a pump up for 21. So this is kind of back in the swing of how we usually do, where we're hanging out with a guest creative in the community here and chatting on kind of what brought them to where they're at and what they're up to. So for those uh, that are in kind of the Concord or Manchester, New Hampshire, or really honestly in the music scene in New Hampshire, you probably know this man. Uh, you probably listened to his show. I'd like to welcome on Rob Azevedo from Granite State of Mind from recently published poet. I didn't know it was already a published author. I didn't know mm-hmm. already had a book out, man. So oh, yeah. welcome to the show, Rob. I, I get to <laughs> welcome you to my show. Nice. After you've given me the, the privilege to hang out with you a couple of times on yours. So it's nice to have you, man. Other side of the mic. Yeah, Dave, thank you very much. Congratulations on your podcast. And as I was saying before about your farmhouse and everything. Thank you, man. Yeah. It, when it's like not a farmhouse that I'm like getting covered in chicken shit and like awful, then I will invite you up sometime to uh, come check it out, man. Good, good, good. I'd like that. For sure. Yeah. So for people that don't know uh, you or your show, Rob, do you want to just share with everyone, like, kind of like who, who are you and and what are you about with, with what you do? All right. Well, I've lived in Manchester for a number of years, 20 years, and originally from Melrose, Mass. Um, Nine years ago, I just, I don't know. I was thinking I was down my basement, probably firing one up. and. Sometimes, you know, you get some of your thoughts in your head and you start typing. And I just all of a sudden I said, I think I want to try to do a radio show. I had no practice in radio. I never went to radio. No, nothing beforehand. Never interned anywhere. Never did anything. You're just like, I want to write a radio show. You just saw me have to get my son to set me up on Instagram. So, no, (laughs) I had nothing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I had nothing. So, of, of course, I never thought anybody would respond to me but little small radio station up in uh concord reached out and said come in and pitch me your show idea i did and they gave me a three-week tryout i had a co-host at that point for a little while and that was like the birth of granite state of mind and it was sort of a conventional show for about the first year you know you're doing interviews and it really didn't have too much to do with music until one week i had a music I had a musical guest come in and I think it was either Walker Smith or the ripping E breaks. And, uh, it was just like Eureka. This, this is what it's going to be because less of me, more of them. And so it just turned out, I dropped everything else. I killed every other sort of aspect of the show. And I just made it strictly about New Hampshire musicians. Dang. So, go old i just decided to go old school do live in studio performances um i grew up in the era of wbcn down in boston so i used to love all that you know old school radio so i tried to bring it back by like that and so that three-week tryout is now nine years later unreal nine years of being on the radio nine years of granite state of mind nine years of granite state of mind wow man yeah so congratulations uh, thank you Thank you. I had no idea. Yeah, Dave, the format has never changed. You know, like when you were on the show a couple months ago. Yeah. Exactly how the show was eight years ago. I mean, I've just never deviated from from that. And then with the radio show came sort of the music events and that became a thing. So 
I mean, and all the friendships I have formed through Granite State of Mind with all you great musicians. So it's been a really good thing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Cheers to that. I mean, thank you. Obviously, like I, I had no idea it was around for that long, but I got introduced to it at some point from some someone in the community. You know, just like you're saying, building community around it, and I was just so hype about it, like just feeling like a, like a, I really feel like a genuine support and appreciation from you for music and for local music at that that uh really if you guys haven't checked out his show before like can't say enough good words about it and you'll find a lot of local talent that you may not have bumped into yet and like there's so many good bands in new hampshire it's just kind of nuts and i think you bring in other people random to people too yeah 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 like if i find somebody that i want to hear or if somebody reaches out to me from Newburyport, Mass, or Somerville. I've had people come up from Rhode Island. Wow. People come down from Vermont. We've had over 400 guests, 400 bands. <laughs> yeah, because it's every <laughs> single week, every single week, um, you know, for the most part, unless, you know, I get sick or something goes on. But yeah, we've had, we at least try to get 150 a year. So you add it up. Wow. Yeah. So I guess like I really wanted like I, I I would love to continue to talk about stuff like this, but what piqued my interest just recently, like I, I think a while back, I feel like I wanted to have you on the show anyway, just to talk about that radio career and like what happened to like get you into it. Now, like when we talked before the show, I'm really interested in that book that you wrote before the poetry stuff that just came yeah. out. And we, we got to talk about the poetry stuff because it just came out. But right. do you want to talk about like I was really interested in what you were saying about the idea of this book of like, why we need to, you wrote the book of like, why do we need to like do this essentially like in radio or creating music, knowing this vast array of musicians out there, you're like, why do we need to put this out there? Like, why, why does that happen? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I came out, this is the book. This is the book. It's called notes from the last breath farm. And it's a music junkies quest to be heard. And I'm the junkie. So you know, what it's about is it goes back to my, my youth and why do I have a, what is it in me that, what sense of need do I have that I need to be heard or read? Why do I need to, why do I feel a need to be on the radio? Yeah. Why do I feel a need to write articles and have people read them? You know, that's something that that's inside of me. It's a quest. It's a quest to be heard. And I think when I was growing up, God bless my mother. She's passed away now, but she had this thing to me that she used to say to me all the time. And I think it was just an old sort of old school adage, but she would say to me, who do you think you are? And I'd have to say nobody. And she'd be like, you're damn right. You're nobody. (laughs) And when I was a kid, I don't know. It always stuck with me. So it was kind of like, I gotta be something beside a nobody. You know what I mean? And, and, So I think through these years, that's what it is. So I sort of dove into it of, like I said, what, what is what is the need behind my quest to be heard? And at the end of it, I just, it came back to my mother, like so many people's issues are, that I had to be something, anything other than a quote, nobody. Yeah. Wow. I like, well, I really love her. I don't know if that was like a a good thing or bad thing, depending on when she said it to you, but I... I I think that that's a great thing to say because like I you want to stay humble even when you're doing yeah. amazing things so like nobody's anybody you know like we're all but at the same time I mean like everything is so individual that yeah I mean you definitely are like no one can release the same type of art that you can release there's there's just tastes and flavors that people put out that can't be represented in any other way from other than that from that person Right. So. And wouldn't it be the same like with you too, you know, for music, what gets you up on stage? You could, you could write music in your bedroom and never have anybody hear it. Yeah. But that's not what you want. You want to be heard, right? Yeah. You want, you want, you want people to what's going on inside Dave's mind. You know what I mean? Where did that come from? And so you share it. For me, I chase the feeling that I get when I'm performing that I don't get from anything else. There's like a yeah. feeling when you're on stage and you're interacting with like this crowdsource piece of emotion of like 
people in a certain headspace, they're there for a certain reason to have a certain engagement happen. And the certain unspoken room vibe that you feel, whether it's like, you know, I've been on, you know, on tour and playing the Monday night gig in front of legit two kids, you know, yeah. or I've yeah. been on a stage in front of a thousand or 2000 or, or more in front of a, you know, a national act. Yeah. It's going down a little bit, but the feeling is the same where it's like that little piece of adrenaline. Like there's like a, an action piece. There's like an addiction to that adrenaline piece of it for sure. Like the, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe things bad or good could happen. You have no idea every single time. Other than that, I haven't, I don't think I've analyzed the same way that you are, at least from the sounds of it. I haven't read that book yet, but now I kind of, I want to check that out of like the why of like, like, why do we do, why do we have to do this thing? Like, why can't you just go write it in the room? And that's some people do too. And and I find that I can't understand why they do it, but they have perfect reasons for why they don't want to go on stage. And it's so, Mm -hmm. so weird. You know, it's hard to understand it from the other side. Yeah. And you know, I don't know about like you, but if I go really any real length of time without doing something creative, I start feeling like a useless piece of shit. Same. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and I, and on top of that, I get nervous whether I've lost it. You know Mm. what I mean? Every article, or maybe it's like a song with you. Holy shit. Am I ever going to be able to write another article? Am I ever going to write another song as good as I thought that that was? So those are my concerns, but those concerns keep me going. And I, I just, I don't think I could live without it. Uh, I would literally disappear. I would think. Yeah. Whether it's radio, whether it's putting on the shows or writing poetry or writing articles or columns, I got to be doing something. Yeah. Well, that's why I framed this show this way, because I'm an audio engineer and people ask all the time, like, why is the show not only interviewing audio engineers or like, why isn't just this? And the reason is because I truly understand something different from like anyone that creates. I believe that like there's a flaw, there's a, a type of person that creates and like pretty much anyone, anyone can create, but like there is something about like the why behind you even have to create, like, why do you have to create versus why do you not create and just do whatever things are set up before you, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that there are things that I constantly learn from, from anyone that creates anything. If you're creating a business, you're creating a radio show, you're creating you know, photography, writing, like all the, all creation, creation that I can't do or I can do. It's just, there's something about that form of creation where I'm, I'm the same way basically is what I'm trying to say. Along, long is like, yeah. if I wasn't writing music, say I stop writing music tomorrow, I would have to go start businesses or like go, I have to start something. I have to yeah. like create things and like, they can fail, they can do whatever, but like, I have to start things and create them because I just thrive off of that. And that's where I'm really alive. And I'm like really me when I'm around those things. But when yeah. I don't do that for long periods of time, like you're saying, that's when I'm like, feel like my power is withering, you know, I'm like yes. being sucked yeah, away. You feel like you're slowly disappearing. Yeah. And the last thing I ever want to do is disappear. Um, but you know, yeah, you know, that's, so that's why it is. And then Dave, we, I mean, we can't uh, bullshit around it ego plays into it too 100%. you know and, and there are many there, there's many levels of ego you could have a shitty ego or you could have a bombastic uh ego i just you know if if it fills me up and i feel like it's working in the favor of my guests uh on the show yep. then that's all that's all that uh i ask for and you know with the show i really think one of the things that reasons why it's worked is because I love music. And like I say in the book, I'm a music junkie. You know what I mean? And I want to be heard. But there is no competition between me and the artist. So I sit, whether it, whether I'm sitting four feet watching you play a song on the air, sitting in front of me, all I am, Dave, is in awe. Awe of you guys. Awe of your talents. I look at you guys like the way I look at a mechanic that's able to uh, fix an engine. It, it's beyond mm. me how you guys play music is beyond me so it's a it's a massive amount of respect on my end there's never any competition uh between us it's just just all about you cats and i am more than happy 
with that. Yeah. Well, it's back at it's back at uh back at you too though, where like there's mad respect for obviously you in the in the music community and it's there there is a creative element of like how you've put the show together and how you choose to represent it and share it that mm-hmm. also becomes something that I'm sure a lot of musicians look at you and they say, How the hell could I start a radio show or how could I start some type of community like this? You know? Like like anything else you do, you just do it. You stop <laughs> talking you stop talking about it. You know, you bought a dairy farm. So you, you yeah. sort of come from the you, you you come you just freaking do it. I have people say to me, Yeah. And a lot of the times it's people like I'm older now, so I remember what it was like to be in your twenties and sort of drifting aimlessly, right? And so they would say, but how'd you do it? No, really. And I'd be like, literally, I sent an email and that's, that's how you do it. You send up, you send an email and then you follow up with it. And then you take that three week tryout and you run with it, bullshit your way through it. And that's it. That's yeah. doing it. <laughs> People you know? want it. They always want a secret sauce. Always. There is no secret sauce. People you always just... want a secret sauce. And at the end yeah. of the day, it's like you're either working your ass off for a long period of time. Yeah. You are working to meet people or like you're straight up like taking an action and then like it played, you know, yeah. totally. And none of it happens. And so it's another it's a learning curve thing as you grow into adulthood, which I failed miserably at in my <laughs> miserably. And I don't even say that as a joke, but I was like, you know, for example, there's a musician that I know and he, and he was. uh uh he came by the house. He was like, can I come by and talk to you? And I was like, sure. He was just all bummed out. And I said, dude, what are you about? 25, 26. And he's like, yeah. And I'm not going anywhere in life. Dude, relax. Little steps. Just you have time. Take- you have time. You have more time than you ever believe. And, and these levels of progression, it's just little steps at yep. a time. Nothing is good. No bell is going to ring and say, hey, David, Rob, you made it finally. It's never going to happen. Yep. Just do it. And yes. if it feels good to you, then it's all worthwhile, right? Love that. Yeah. Feels good while you're doing it, right? That's feels right. good taking the little steps. That's it. And just doing it is the yeah. whole, is the whole, I hate the word journey. I really do hate the word, using the word journey. But that's the trip. The trip is the trip. You know what I mean? You want a road trip. It's not about being in California. It's about getting there, Kansas, Nebraska. What did you see in Arizona? Yeah, when did the car California. break down? Where'd you go to take a bite to eat? What stranger did you bump into in the mall? That's you right. know, like what person did you have a great conversation with at a diner at a or at some convenience store? Yeah. I love that. I, I say on here, and I'm sorry for people that have listened to the show for a long time, but I always say success is a ten year thing. Or over wait. Overnight success. I, I'm, I'm, I would be the guy that would quote myself wrong. Overnight yeah. success is a 10 year thing because like, like people see things, they see people when they pop because they're paying attention to that action. Yeah. But they don't read through how that person spent 20 years eating shit in the worst apartment or like they, they don't see, they don't, they don't go backtrack and then like read up on that and see how this happened. Yeah. They exactly. just watch the person pop and then they put judgment on themselves of like me compared to this pop. And you're like, maybe you're not at the pop moment yet. Like maybe right. like it, it, there's no way you can't judge yourself that way and, and, and impose that on yourself because it's just not valid. And it's, you hard. it's hard. Yeah. You mean, there's a marination period. You have to marinate and you're the steak, right? I like that. You yeah. Have, <laughs> yeah. You have to marinate and all that marination is that's the taste that you're going to get when you finally grill that steak and you right into it it's not the grill it's the marination all the time it took to get that thing perfectly sweet and tender i love that i haven't heard that analogy on here yet yeah that's what it is you don't just throw a nice steak on the grill and burn that puppy up you got to take some love you know that's right that's right ruin exactly. that steak people out there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i love that so I want to hear more about this poetry then, because okay. that, that, that to me, just not knowing you more than like a year or two from our instances, right? Uh-huh. That to me comes out of nowhere. I'm like, holy shit. And I think like to some degree, like reading your story on it, you're like, yo, I haven't written 
poetry in like 30 years. And back when I wrote poetry, it wasn't this much. And then all of a sudden I wrote this much and then I like sent this out. So it might've been out of nowhere, but like, where did that, where did this poetry come from? And for those out there that, for those that don't know it, Rob has a poetry book called Turning on the Wasp. It's out now or it's coming out like very short? No, it comes out in two weeks. It comes okay, out in two cool. weeks. It's, um, yeah, put out by this publisher uh, in Kansas City, Missouri called Spartan Press. And like uh, people, you know, somebody, people have asked me, oh, how'd you, you know, how'd you do this? You, and I'm like, I lucked out. This is one of those lucked out because I spent 30 years trying to get a book published. and Finally, that happened a couple of years ago. This was this past April. For some reason, I just started writing poetry. And I hadn't written but five poems in my entire life Anything, leading up to here. What spurred it? Anything? Or you just straight up sat down you're like, suck? I think, yeah, I think, I don't think COVID, uh, I, I think the time at home that I was sitting, I was home a lot more. And I really don't know what spurred it, Dave. I really, really don't know. I just mm. sat down. I, you know what? The first thing I was driving around doing my job, and I had this voice in my head, and I came home at lunch, and I just started writing this poem. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So then I started writing some more. And then after I wrote a few of them, I decided to send them out to a uh, website. And then I just thought maybe I can get them for free to run it on their website. It'd be cool to see. Yeah. And the guy, and that guy got back to me. It turned out to be a publisher. How'd you find and this you website, Ethan? You know, Google. I, I look like, you know, poetry, free poetry websites on Google. That's it. You know, dude, Dave, I don't know how to do shit. Right? So if I can Google, <laughs> right, right? And so, <laughs> uh, so literally, free poetry websites, found one, sent it in. And then, a, you know, a few days later, the guy's like, we really like these poems. Will you send us 50 more? which I didn't have, but here's the key. Yeah. You, you, you got to fake it till you make it. Right. And so yeah. I said, Oh yeah, let me get those to you in about a week. I'll, t- I'll touch them up. So I wrote a bunch of them, sent them to him. And he got back to me a couple weeks later. He's like, we want to publish these. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. I didn't say that to him. Awesome. I, I <laughs> pretended like, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, you're like on the computer looking at someone else. You're like, you gotta be shitting me. Okay, yeah. great. Of course you yeah. do. These are yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Put my right. heart and soul. And then it's like fast forward because usually you, if you get accepted, it takes a year for the something got to do edits and all this stuff. But this is a pretty fast moving publishing company, and um, yeah, the book comes out in two weeks. Wow. So a matter of, you know, I've I've definitely written like three books worth of poems. I've I've written somewhere around two hundred poems since April. So. 50 of them are in this book and then uh, we'll see what happens with the other 150. Wow. Wow. What a huge pop and what a huge like exponential growth of creative of something that you didn't do before, like just out. I don't know. You know, I look at it like I've written so much, whether it's columns, articles, stuff like that. It's like the lazy man's writing, to be honest. And don't let any poet fool you. It is a lot easier to write poetry than it is to write an 800 word article. Because okay. It's half the sentence. It, it, no, it's half the sentences. It's four word sentences. If you want it to be, I can freaking mix any words together. As long as at the end, they sound good. It's like a song. You know what I mean? Dave? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can get as creative as you want, as long as you have that flow. And as long as, it reads with it, bing, bang, bang, like Bukowski says, you want your stuff to read, bing, bing, bang, bing, bing, bang, bing, bing, bang. Um, as long as you're doing that, then it should work out. You got to make those lines pop just like you do. You got to make your riffs pop. You got to make your lyrics pop. Yeah. It's just like that with poetry. Interesting. Hmm. I, I wrote, actually, he's not on the show anymore, but I met the co-host that I, I initially had a co-host for this show for like half of it half of the episodes in Ryan still an amazing friend of mine. And for those that love that guy, he's still doing good out there, guys he's still doing good stuff. But he was on the show with you. Yeah. He was my co-host for like the first half of this. He's not the musician that you're the other part of your band, right? No, I mean, no, okay. no, 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 not Ryan to harness Ryan, oh, okay. Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Okay. No, he's a voice actor, but he, oh, but he no. just, but anyway, with, with him, I met him. 
I like knew who he was, but like I actually like hung with him in high school. We had a creative writing class together and both me and him like actually went into it like really hard. Like that was something where like I never, I never wrote poetry or anything like that any before. And that class, we went hard into it where we started doing like slam poetry, like going yeah. to clubs and stuff doing that. And we oh, were like actually cool. like going out. We like put chat books out and we were like actually like out there together, like doing these really intense, like poetry reading stuff. And I was like, where the hell did all this come from? It's like the same time I was starting like bands up and stuff. And I was like having a lot of fun, like with the kind of like interplay of like writing poetry and that being one thing and then writing lyrics and having that be a total different thing. But I, I totally get the draw of it. It's like, it's, there's a lot of like, um, things that people who don't read it at all associate with kind of like the jokey versions that they see online of like the, the snaps and stuff. But like when you're there, like it's really, really intense when people are reading the poetry, there's the topics that people can go into. You can go into anything, obviously it's just like a song. Like you're saying, you can go into absolutely everything, but emotion is, is so, uh, it's so, it's such a subjective art, just like some of the other arts where you really do feel that emotion from what it is that you're reading. Right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't obviously because of COVID uh, I haven't in the book hasn't come out yet, but hopefully I'll be able to get out there and do some readings. It's for somebody who talks on the radio and does all that stuff. I don't really like doing it. Uh, Like, like I went through a whole book thing, which was very cool. I guess. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, I, I hope to do them when COVID is over and everybody's vaccinated. That would be cool. I would go see. Yeah, thank you. What are, uh, there's 50 poems in there. Is this centered around any specific topic or is this like, what's like, what, where is this about? Now here, now here's the deal with this. Maybe I wrote it so quick. It it took me 18 months to write my book, right? After dinner is going downstairs. Mm. This took three months. And I think because it was not autobiographical at all. Like I didn't, I wasn't like delving into the deepest parts of my mind with all these issues. You know what I mean? I was writing poetry simply for the craft of like, like songwriting. I wanted to write the best poem. Mm. So I, I literally structure how to, where to put words, which words fit better and flow. So there is everything about there from, uh, sex to, Jesus, man. I mean, every there's, there's all kinds of topics. There, you know, I could I could be prompted by a lyric to a song. I could be prompted by a poster that I saw out. I could be prompted by a conversation that I had either overheard or heard myself. Or I could just be simply making bullshit up, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty much what it is. But it's got a uh, – I'm really happy with uh, with the poetry. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And, oh, you know, this, you might be interested in this. So the title, Turning on the Wasp. Yeah, please. Okay. So two summers ago, I put on these shows, right? As you know, you, you know, you've, I think you've played a few of my shows. Uh, so I was outside up in Suncook, New Hampshire, wrapping up. The show had just en- uh, ended. The band was wrapping their wires, getting rid of the amps. People were still milling around. So I went to the power box to turn off the power to the stage, and I got stung in the face by a wasp, right? Okay. Okay, so I was like, ah, you son of a bitch, right? So I went, and I went over and started talking to a friend of mine. She has a kid, and I was like, if you've ever seen The Godfather, you ever see Brando doing the, the, I don't know, he does (laughs) the walk with the kid. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Dave, I felt like I was on acid. Okay? No shit. And then I'm like, whew, and I hadn't even, I hadn't even taken acid. So <laughs> without right? the benefits. <laughs> right, right. But I was like, ooh, and I hadn't, I, I hadn't been drinking or anything like that. I was like, ooh, what's going on? I feel and weird I, for not doing anything to make myself feel weird. I feel weird. All of a sudden my heart was, so I stood up and my wife was there and a bunch of my friends and I took a few steps and my whole body collapsed and I fell face first. Boom. Broke my entire nose. Oh, no. And, oh, yeah. Shit my pants. Piss my pants. Eyes rolled back in my head. Uh, stopped breathing. And 
basically bit the farm until I got up to the Concord Hospital. And I think it was crap. Yeah. So, and then the guy told me, he's like, because people do die from uh, wasp stings, but I just had no idea. And he's like, you're allergic and you lucked out. So, yeah. So uh, that's what happened. So that's where I ended up writing a poem, I guess, some of them are autobiographical. So I I wrote one called Turning on the Wasp. I went with that title. Wow. Yeah. Basically bit the farm for a brief time and came back. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why so, it's named that. Here's a heads up. If you if you happen to die or uh, suddenly, don't worry about it. There's nothing to it. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> Especially if you don't. Did you not like, did you, did you know that you were allergic to them or like that no, was I, like, no, just like, no, obviously I, you could get stung by a bee whenever, you know? Yeah. Well, no, what happened was the week before I had gotten stung by at the same box. I got hit in the arm by one of these wasps. The same one? No, the bastard. He was out hanging around. But the doctor said, you know, the venom got in you. And the second wasp who, uh, the second wasp a week later activated the venom. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was in me for a week. And then once that thing hit me, it just went to town. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Me neither. I had no clue. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go, people. If you get stung by wasps, multiple times then you can be really creative yeah 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 then you can write a poetry book yeah that's all if you're if you're looking for the secret sauce that we talked about that's it trip on trip on uh bee stings yeah yeah it's a (laughs) wild trip i'm like did i take anything yeah but no (laughs) man well so i guess like you said 400 different musician episodes on there yeah yeah what would you share from that experience because it's not a lot of people get that up close and personal and like interacting and then seeing that many different like local artists from the new england scene like what are some things that you've taken away from that experience rob like that's that's like, something that not many people would be a part or see or be a part of that that person playing guitar in front of you on stage there if you don't know them if you're not a friend of them then see some of the best things with this gig is i get to stand i get a private show to myself every single week twice one time in manchester one time in concord it's awesome and the guy or the woman or the young lady that walks into the studio the guitar is often a much different person than the person who's singing on the guitar it's like they switch to this other mode because some some of them are intensely shy. Some of them are um, uh, insecure or head trips or, you know what I mean? Um, so I get to see, uh, you know, Dave, the best thing about it has been the friendships that I've forged since this. It's like my friendships like with the Ribbon E-Breaks, Dusty Gray, uh, you know, Jasmine Mann, Walker Smith, and the list goes on and on. I've made I've gotten more out of this experience as the host of the show than I could have ever imagined. I mean, between sure. the friendships and I stand in awe of watching them perform in front of me, not just solos, the trios, the duos, the bands. Um, and literally out of all those bands, I've probably have only met two assholes and only <laughs> one, I gotta be honest, only two assholes. And I, I won't name that's them. A, I, that's low. That's really low. That is two assholes and one person that I literally wanted to go off air and just start swinging with. Uh, wow. On, yeah. Just one person. Okay. I would have thrown him if I could, like right out of the studio. Basically. Yeah. Um, but, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I love you, music community. I love you. You, you. It's very obvious. I've made my life around you. But there are definitely assholes in the scene. We all know yeah. them. We're all at the shows and like, we're, we're, we, we're all at the shows where the bands don't sit around for the other bands. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're all at the shows where, yeah. you know, I don't know. They're there. Oh, they're, I, I there's you. amazing I, people in this industry. This is why I'm here. But there's also, there's totally assholes. That's a low mark. It sounds like you've, you've, you've had a good eye on getting people on the show. Yeah, Two I or three and that. 400. That's legit. And then, and then the, the talent too, you know, it blows me away. Uh, 
You ever hear of a girl named Delaney Pickering? No. Okay, so she was a high school kid. Now she's a big shot down there in Martha's Vineyard. But she was a blues player, and she was a, one of the people that blew me away. So it's just and, – and I've got – over these nine years, a lot of these guys and women had started coming in, and they were 20 years old, right? Yeah. And now they're 28, 29, and they're completely – they're different people. Some of them are fathers and mothers now. Their writing has exploded. It's gone in many different forms and in shapes. So watching the growth and and the friendships that we've had and how we all have each other's back, it feels like to me. Yeah. You know, one of my, I, I, I did for a number of years, we did these shows uh, once a month up at New England College on Main Street in Concord. And the best part of it is putting on a show is when we're all in the back in the green room before the show's going on or during the show, we're having cocktails. And that blows me away because I can see Dave shooting the shit with Dusty Gray or people yeah. that maybe didn't, that never met each other or they play a different type of music, but they all got the same thing in common. And that's the love. Totally. You know? Oh so my God. Really- I think like people who are like very like musicians, musicians, like they truly have a love for it. I feel like you really can talk to any musician and like, or artist and like be pumped up about it. Like, yeah, I, I, I will talk to people that play music that is nothing like me at all. Like, and I'm so pumped to do it because I'm so fascinated. I'm so interested in like, what is it? Like, what are they, how are they creating this? Like what makes this work? And like, and, and it's so interesting every time. And uh, I love those collaborations because it makes me a better artist every time I have talks with people like that, because I'll try new instruments in my own music that I would have never touched, or I'll get influenced to write songs in like a way different writing style than I would have wrote. And a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, famous musicians that are, I mean, it's, it's redundant in, in history too, where like people will see a new record come out from an artist and it'll be like, to them, they're, they're, they're saying like, this looks like a total different record. Like it's not like their old stuff at all. And they'll, they'll say, uh, it's a sellout, you know, they're selling out oh, with yeah. this record or, you know, like, I can't believe they, they're not like writing their own, but it's like, to your point, you know, these people are a, their life is different. Like they might've been a 20 year old right. at that time. And they wrote all their songs about this thing that was happening then. Sure. And now their records that they write at 10 years later when they had kids or when like something fell apart or like shit changes, right. they're a different human being. So they're going to yes. express themselves different as a human being at that time. First and foremost, second, right. right is going to be as they're going through 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or however many years you followed them, they are listening as music lovers, because you have to love music to play music, they're yeah. listening to different records that are coming yeah. out at different times where all those are on different influences and they are being influenced by it and they're writing different shit. So it's That's like, right. I don't actually believe that there's almost any sellout records. I do believe that there are some. There, there are some where they straight up write for a thing. But right. for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cautious to, to call that out on someone until I can understand what what are the influences what are the causes why why did this person write like that i i i love that you know, collaboration is the yeah. short of that you hit a great you, you you hit a great spot it's like what you've been listening to can change so it's the same thing with writing it's like if if i spend six months reading the russians as you know reading a bunch of russian writers that's going to bleed into my writing and right. just like music, you know what I mean? If you spend time, I mean, maybe you're listening at 22 to all the Bob Dylan you can get, but then somebody else says, oh, check out this artist and that's going to work its way into your art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah so that's, 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 that's the way it is. So the, the, the show has been, so that's one of the things is there are so many things I could talk about, like what I get out of Granite State of Mind personally. Uh, it's like my favorite hour of the week. I could literally be driving up to Concord feeling like shit. The last thing I want to do is go on air. I'm yeah. really not in a very talkative mood. I'm probably cranky. But then once my producer, AJ, says, okay, we're ready to go, 
everything changes and I'm just ready to rock and roll. Showtime. 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 Yeah. And so that's, that's it. Is there any common trait that you see of all those musicians? Like one thing that you see redundantly in all those different personalities or different musical styles or anything like that? Talent, man. I see a bunch of different, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I watch when you guys, so like, you're playing a song in front of me, Dave. I watch your fingers more than I watch your face. Uh, hmm. I, w- I watch how you hold in your pick. Um, do you hold it differently? Do you, do you hold the pick straight on? Are you, are you strumming like this or are you going like this? I work how you, f- uh, I watch your fingers. And I do it not because I have anything to teach you. I do it just because I'm so blown away by what you do and how you do it. Uh, but, you know, the musicians aren't just in their 20s. I have people who come on from 60s and in their 70s, 50s, 40s. And, yeah. you know, the, guy, the people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, well, they already had that dream where they thought they were going to be playing the Silver Dome in Detroit, like you did when you were 22 years old. Yeah. But then now they're doing it just because, oh, okay, I really don't give a shit that I didn't become famous. I, I give a shit because this fulfills me so much just playing music with yeah. my friends, yeah. writing a song, performing a song, covering a song. So that's that's uh, that's the trait I hear. It's passion, man. It's passion. That's the trait. Creativity and literally a drive. And the same, like I talk about the book, the same quest. We're all on the same quest. That's awesome. Thank you, brother. Cool. Well, would you give any advice to anyone out there, Rob? I know that we kind of talked about of like, like almost like the Nike slogan of like, just do it. Yeah. But like, would you give any advice to anyone out there that wants to tackle kind of like getting their writing out or starting a radio show or any type of show or anything like that? I, I know that I've done some episodes on this podcast, encouraging people to create like some type of like, whatever, go like, go do a podcast or a YouTube channel or Twitch or like, just go do something that gets your expression out in some way, but is there any advice that you give to anyone for people pursuing those types of things of like what they should be after? Yeah. You know, uh, it's as, it's as simple as that. It's like applying for a job. If you really want the job and you really want to do it, don't toss it into a whole litter filled. Don't just say, send, I sent my resume. It's all going to work out. Drive to that fucking place. Walk your resume in the door. You know what I mean? Yep. Sep- separate yourself from the other person. But like the Nike commercial, you got to just do it. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking. Stop telling your mother that, oh, mom, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Stop telling your friends, oh, you know what I'm going to do next year? I'm thinking about doing this. I don't want to hear that you're thinking about doing it. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Because you never want to be a dreamer that a, comp- a good friend of mine said this to me. He said, Rob, you never want to be a dreamer that accomplishes shit, right? Mm. And I'm a dreamer. I'm a lifetime daydreamer, okay? So you could be, you, and you don't want to be that person at 30, 40 years old that's still talking about what you're going to be doing, okay? Because that grows old, and and by the time you're 30, 40 years For old- For everyone. Still, Everyone's yeah, exhausted, grows, including yeah, yourself. Everyone's yeah. tired of it. Right. And you're not yeah. bullshit. You're just bull, you're bullshitting yourself. You're bullshitting and- so just do it, whether it's radio, music, anything. Just take the lead, call a friend that has done it, call Dave and say, no, literally, what should I do? And if Dave says, dude, just start a Twitch, then start a goddamn Twitch. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's all it is. That's all it is in life. It's just literally doing it. Best way to be in business is to be in business. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. don't do anything you don't want to do. You know, I always say, like I wrote about it in the book, that one of the first things that I wish I had figured out, it was like, make, don't make a list of things that you do want to do in life. Make a list of the things first of the shit that you don't want to do. I don't want to work. I don't want to work in an office. So don't apply for an office job. Okay. Mm. Uh, I, I don't, I, I like working alone. Then great. There's a ton of jobs where you can drive around, deliver stuff, work on your own, figure out what you don't want to do. And that makes it much easier to figure out what you do want to do. I like that. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's one where actually, uh, a studio friend of mine had just said it and we weren't talking about it at all. Uh, Derek from, uh, Blackburn from quiet house. 
he posted about this recently, but I I have talked about this a lot too. Kind of like that concept of like writing a list of the shit that you don't want to do is right. like every everything that you do do is also a struggle though. Like there's right. nothing like everything that you do is something that's hard to do basically like everything is hard even like right. that nine to five is like if if that's you know what i mean whatever that is it's it's a everything is a struggle there's always problems being created and your job is to fix problems and everything that's just what it right. is so it's like right. what problem are you fine with solving like over and over and over like what thing what thing what thing that's an issue or struggle or like a hardship are you the most cool with you yeah. know like i'm the most cool with dealing with like the the huge ups and downs of like this like living a creative life it's it's a very fluctuating you know yeah. any freelancer stuff it's always a very up and down you're very like free fall i'm more cool with that than i am of like hard structure but more safety i i i like i'm i'm happier to deal with the anxiety of that risk than i am right. the anxiety of like not getting to that opportunity i guess right you know what are you what are you most comfortable with not liking and doing all the time and liking that you don't like it i don't know how to say that little out there yeah i understand what you're saying though and you're right you know what i mean it just plus it's just fun it's just have fun with it because you're not being judged and at the end of the day man nobody really gives a shit okay yes (laughs) hey if if i never did a Dave, if I never did another Granite State of Mind show, if I never wrote another article, if I never wrote another poem, guess what? Nobody would give a shit. Okay? <laughs> so it's not a big deal, man. Just just, <laughs> just feel fulfilled. And, and if it feels good, like going to the gym, if go, like, like these people that, you know, you go to the gym, why do you do it? You feel good. Yeah. Like you have sex, why do you do it? It feels good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's whatever. Make yourself feel good. We got a one-time shot on this earth. You know what I mean? So no shit, have, man. Have, have as much fun. Take as many risks as you as you can handle. And that's so. What am I? What else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do, man? You know, that's and it's it. so much fun. Take it from a guy who had three week tryout, and it's nine years later, and I'm still doing it. I'm still driving up the highway uh, every Thursday night to go do a radio show that is a fifty watt station. I've never tried to bring Granite State of Mind to a bigger station because I like it just how it is. It fits, and that's all I want to do. And nobody fucks with my concept, and yep. nobody bothers. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yep, I get it, man. I get that's it, weird, brother. That's Have your weird. own private Idaho. Yeah, exactly. You know, Create your own oasis. This is my spot to be at. Yep. So, that's Rob. I have five questions that I ask everyone at the end of an episode and you don't have to think about them too crazy. You can okay. take a sec. If you want to take a second, like think about it, you don't have to answer it like right away, but also you don't have to go as in depth as we have on these ones. I kind of okay. like ask them for like that pointed. Sure. And so the first one I always say to people that like, I get a lot of this through the show but I like asking it pointed at the end would be why is this the thing that you do? Why, why do you wake up and do what you do every day versus any other thing you could wake up and do? Because it brings me a level of self-fulfillment that not only feeds my ego, but it feels, feeds me spiritually, mentally, keeps me sharp, keeps me young. That's why I do it. Gold. Mm-hmm. Love it. Next. Mm-hmm would yeah you knock that out so sometimes that's a struggle um the next one would be along the way say that you could take any lessons that you learned and give them to someone like they didn't actually have to live through the suck what's like the biggest mistake along the way or like the shittiest thing where you're like take this lesson like if you could actually be there and get the lesson from real life experience and like it did but like don't do this thing because it sucked really sucked don't do this well i would say i would say be patient in your 20s your 20s are supposed to suck they're supposed to be the grind they are supposed to be where you're figuring yourself out and 
that's what I would say because a lot of people quit in their twenties because things don't work out. Totally. You know, and then they bail. They it bail sucks. on the dream. It sucks. And and so don't ever bail. As hard as it is for you, ego wise, you're confused, creative wise. You're supposed to be. That's what your twenties. If you get to thirty, wait to see how beautiful your thirties are because things start to even out. Things start to grow. So. As hard as your 20s are, that's what I say to people, because I know I had like 29 jobs in my, I was, I was doing something different every two weeks. I was going to be this, I was going to be that. Um, so just hang in there, talk to people who are older, but keep going a little by little step by step. Nothing's big's going to happen. It's not going to explode for you one day, just little steps. Yes. I think that's really important. And like I always say on the show, like I'm talking to five years ago, me when I'm on the show, because I started the show because I was feeling that like I was, let's see, this has been around for two and change. So 26, 27, that mid range. And, uh, I was just like, I feel alone going after this shit. I don't know any entrepreneurs or audio people that have made it the way that I want to or whatever. I just didn't know people. I didn't know people doing the shit that I want to do. And exactly like what you said, where I was like, well, who's done this before? And then I started this show to just, first of all, vent it, say it to the world. Like, this is how I feel. Second of all, meet people constantly, always. And meet people that are doing shit that I like to do or that make me happy and figure out what you know, what makes them tick, what made it work for them and share that with people. So five years ago, you, David, and anyone in your twenties, that's such, I'm still in my twenties, by the way, just I barely can. a firm 29 I, right now. Ah, <laughs> wait, wait, you hit your thirties. Your thirties are the best, man. Firm 29. But, but for the twenties, that's such a valid statement, man. Big grind, big grind, but big, big reward grind. and you got to keep it and you can't, you can't give up at that point when it totally sucks. You have to, you have to get there. Yes, sir. I agree. Yeah. Flip side, best thing that you've ever done. Recommend it a hundred percent of the time. Do this thing. Best thing I ever done. I don't know. You met one of them. My, I mean, I love being a father and, uh, you know, probably the best thing I ever done. So, he set you up on an Instagram like immediately. So he's talented. I, yeah, yeah. Do love being a father. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but that's that's not very sexy. So um, that's sexy, man. That's cool. That? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Being yeah. a father. Yeah. Hell yeah. Best thing you've yeah. ever done. Best thing I've ever done. Probably the best thing I'm. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm. I think I'm pretty good at it too. But it's taken <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. All right. So what would be? Uh, I had to count on my hand because that's the type of guy I am, I guess. Yeah. So I stay on track here. What would be a resource that you'd recommend to this audience? It could be a book, podcast, video, movie. Like, what's a resource that you'd recommend to this creative community? Could be really niche down to like the things that you're really into and about, or it could be super broad. What's a resource you'd recommend? You know, man, say. Pay attention to the things that turn you on. Pay attention to those thoughts that pop into your head. Like, Dave, I'm sure that, so I'm not speaking to you, but I am speaking to you here. Yeah. So, like, when a thought pops into your head and you're like, oh, I want to do that, you should probably try to do it because I believe thoughts go in your head. I can't tell you how many times, Dave, they come to your head for a reason. And I know it sounds very Oprah-ish, but when I think (laughs) of things, right, when I think about doing things, usually it pops into my head and sometimes I go, oh shit, because I always do them. I always take the step. So, you know, a good example is last week, uh, Manchester has these brand new basketball courts, right? Downtown. Yeah. And, and I was kept driving by and I said, God, it would be great to see a citywide basketball game outside in the summer. Well, I kept saying to myself, we got to make this happen. I contacted the mayor of Manchester's office. Day later, I'm sitting in her office having a meeting with her. She's into it. July 17th, we're having a basketball tournament. (laughs) That's how it happens, man. Yeah. That's that's how it happens. So pay attention to those thoughts in your head. None of them are stupid. None of them are so far out of reach. Just act on them. And whether they come to fruition, great. If it does, 
fantastic. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. You made a run at it. Yeah. Trust your gut. Like I, it trust took, your gut. I, I like, I totally, it's so easy to question because you're like, what do I know about this thing that I'm trying to do? That's not something that I've ever done before, but I'll tell you, man, there's just been some like crazy, crazy shit that should not have worked. And every time it's because I trusted my gut over overthinking it. Like there have right. been times where I straight up, like in a day, I saw 12 properties and then I took off on a plane that night and I bought one on a plane on my iPad, yeah, like a house, a house. Yeah. And then I yeah. left my job and I renovated the place for two months and I changed the, you know, like, but that was a gut decision. And like that whole time I'm like, why this is like, so not calculated. This is so absolutely ridiculous. This is so whatever. But every time I've trusted my gut, it lands like that. So I've learned, and now it's scary now because I trust it so hard that now it's like, I'm doing shit and people are like, how is this going to work? How are you going to raise the money for that? How are you going to be like, I have no fucking idea, dude. No idea. No idea. It's going to happen. And they're like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, no idea, no idea, but it's going to happen. And it's just, it's scary. And it takes like, it just takes you like trusting it a couple of times and like, shit happens and it happens right that like and like you'll fail you totally fail but like yeah. but i i have done better the more that i've trusted that and just gone with it than i did before when i'm i'm such a calculated person that i really overanalyze shit and that got in my way a lot before oh yeah yeah, yeah. i hear you i hear you sometimes those thoughts pop into my head and i'm like god damn it i don't have the time for this but i got to <laughs> got to do I it i wish i didn't think of that i got to do it i got to do, do it, it. Let's go get yeah. the basketball game on. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Last one is the easiest, and that's just where do people, you know, keep up with Granite State of Mind? Where do they go check out your books? Where do people find Rob Azevedo? Where well, are your links? Uh, <laughs> Facebook. Um, and then what else? Facebook. Dude, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You know, it's like, all I know how to do is Facebook. I, I, I have a computer that I do word processing on. I think my son just set up an Instagram for me. I really don't do much of it. But yeah, you can always find me on Facebook. You can always call me if you have a question. 264-1757. Uh, you know. Boom. Yes. Yeah, Google the name. I'm, do you I'm have a website? Google. Do you have a no. website? No. For, for Granite State of Mind? Uh, it's on Facebook if you punch that up. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Okay. Yeah. We don't, cool. You could go, oh, you. I guess you could go to uh, WKXL.com. It's got all the uh, hundreds of Granite State of Mind episodes with all videos. Everybody yeah. gets a video. Uh, but yeah, I would think either Google, call me, or uh, go to Facebook. All right. So people out there, I will put Rob's phone number in the yeah. show notes, but I will also, who knows, man, you might get a call from someone. We've got people that listen in Sweden. We've got people that listen in California. You might get some weird calls, I but uh, I don't care. Yo, bring it at me. Give me something we'll put, to write about. We'll put his phone number. We will put, I will definitely link up where to get his poetry book and his original book Thank you. and uh, his show and everything. So you can see some of those artists that he's had on and all those will be in the show notes below. Um, and on the website to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. You'll have your own little uh, private Idaho there. How's that? I love it, man. Thank you so much. Dave, yeah. I love this. This is great. I've always known you were a great guy since like, there are people who walk into the studio who I like right away. You're one of them. You're uh. earnest. You're hardworking. You, just, you can just tell you've got a great energy about you. And uh, I'm proud of you with your farmhouse up there in Maine dairy farm proud of you about this proud of you about the music that you write so congratulations thank you man thank you that really means a lot good good yeah uh i'm gonna cut you guys out of here so thank you people listening on instagram a bunch of you stayed on like legit the whole night even through the tech portion issues in the beginning so thank you guys for tuning in i'm gonna be on really brief tomorrow night for like a short one that's like really pointed and then we will be on every Thursday night, typically at 7.30 p.m. Eastern here if you want to hang with us while we do these live. But this podcast episode, if you didn't catch all of it, will be out on podcast platforms on Tuesday at 6 a.m. Thank you guys for listening. Stay good. Have a good January. Getting after your goals and things like that. Tons of love from us. So Tons of love. Good night, everybody. <laughs>